0: good morning. It's sunny out this morning. It's a good morning here in Michigan. Welcome to Mayflower on this Palm Sunday. We're so excited you're here, whether you're here in the sanctuary or everybody can wave. All of our friends who are live streaming with us, we welcome you as well. If you're on the aisle and you can find that friendship register, please sign it and pass it down the pew. And those of you who are virtually with us, you're not off the hook either. There's an e-register and we'd love to know that you're joining us in worship this morning. There are prayer cards in the pew rack in front of you. And during the middle hymn, the ushers will collect those. So please, if there's something you want added to our weekly email prayer list or something you would like prayed for this morning, you can write it on that card. I will also be available after our very special postlude if you would like personal prayer this morning. Come find me up front. Well, this is the start of Holy Week. And we want to make you aware of all the things that are happening here at Mayflower. Thursday night, we're going to host a 6 p.m. Monday Thursday meal. We're calling it a meal service. This is a little different. We're going to meet in the atrium. We're going to share communion together at 6 p.m. on Thursday. And then Friday night will be our Good Friday service. You won't want to miss that. It'll also be at 6 p.m. with some very special music. We'll be sharing some scripture and some meditations, and it will be a very special time. So we hope to see you then. So all the important, exciting things happening around Mayflower include our pastoral search. So Amy Conway is the chair of our pastoral search committee, and she has a very important announcement.
1: I'm Amy Conway from the Pastoral Search Committee. As we shared with you two weeks ago, we will be presenting our candidate for the next senior pastor of Mayflower Congregational Church on Sunday, April 24th. Following the service, a congregational meeting and vote will be held. More information on our candidate will be mailed to you later this week. Should you have any questions, please reach out to me or anyone else on our search committee before the 24th. Thanks. the story retell on Palm Sunday is a dramatic story, and no better way to create drama than with music. So we have this morning um, Barbara Corbato from the Grand Rapids Symphony. She's here Lent uh, because of the Bach Festival coming up and the Bach in Sacred Spaces. We are joining many area churches um, featuring some of our local symphony musicians. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about why she's here um, later in my comments, but, we began the service today with a big fanfare a big triumphant entrance into jerusalem and there will be more of that with the opening hymn the introit Um, but then at some point in the service we switch from the palm and festivity of that day and entrance into jerusalem to what's behind that and what's the rest of the story so you have a hymn that's printed in your bulletin and at that moment that's when you will see through those uh, words we sang our glad hosannas but some people were frowning and and then verse by verse we we go through what are the what are the things that are happening in this dramatic story Um, and after Steve's uh, meditation on the road of tears you would normally have a very brief organ uh, meditation today we have Barbara playing a a movement from a Bach suite that is very somber and very uh, thought provoking and keeping us in that uh, Holy Week mood and then the choir singing a movement from the Mozart Requiem also continuing in that passion uh, feel. Um, and then our closing was very different than we normally have on a Sunday morning rather than having an organ postlude We actually have the choir singing an anthem a wonderful anthem by John Ferguson who was uh, organ professor at st. Olaf for many years and he writes this anthem for a uh, viola and Choir and uh, intersperses uh, the Passion Chorale, so O Sacred Head Now Wounded, with some new musical material. And that ending the service that way puts us on that path for Holy Week. And I hope that you will join us on Thursday and Friday to really uh, experience that story so that when we come back on Easter, that triumph of the resurrection is even more significant.
2: Each Sunday, we begin our service with a reading that is meant to guide our hearts and our minds into a worshipful state. Today, we will prepare for worship by replicating those that were in Jerusalem on the day that Jesus entered on a donkey. They had heard about Jesus bringing Lazarus back from the dead just days before. And their joyful shouts of Hosanna were because they were finally beginning to believe that, that Jesus was really the one that they had come to lead to save them. The palms they laid on the street were their way of providing a royal carpet for a royal priest to enter on. So as we begin our worship service this morning, I'm inviting all of you to bring your palms that you were given as you entered while singing of the hymn, Hosanna, loud Hosanna, and lay them at the foot of the cross to represent our own worship the acknowledgement that Jesus truly is our Savior and our King who deserves a royal entrance into our hearts and our lives.
0: This is really beautiful seeing you all come forward with your palms. Just don't want it to end. But we do have a bulletin and we do have a an opening prayer we're going to say together. So if you can turn to page 2 in your bulletin and find that opening prayer, I will begin and lead you responsively. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, proclaims the prophet Zechariah. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal. Merciful God, as we enter Holy Week, turn our hearts again to Jerusalem, and to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. May we be filled with faith so that we not only praise him with our voices, but may follow him in the way of the cross. Amen.
2: Good morning. Today is the last day of spring break, and that is evidenced by the fact we have no small children in service today. So for children's message, we'll just do it together. So as I was thinking about this week ahead of us, I thought about my own weeks, and especially after coming off a holiday week like spring break. I'll pull out my calendar on Sundays, and I will become crabby. Because I'll look at all of the things that we have ahead of us for the week. And it sometimes I have to work hard for it not to ruin my Sunday evenings and my Sunday afternoons. And it it connects today to Palm Sunday with Jesus. And how he came into Jerusalem. Finally, people were seeing him as the king. Finally, people were worshiping him with loud hosannas. The way that a king is supposed to be worshipped. And yet he had his planner out and he knew what was coming ahead of him. And so instead of being crabby, he went straight to the temple and he began to heal people. So he, knowing that the people that were going to shout, that were shouting the hosannas, were going to be the ones that also shouted crucify him. He decided to love And he went and he loved and he healed and I just think I myself and I'm sure all of us could take that example And when we do become overwhelmed and when we do look at what's ahead of us that isn't necessarily Inviting or wonderful that we can love and follow jesus's example as he goes through this week And now will you pray with me? Lord, we are thankful that you are lord and that we have your example to follow May your spirit fill us this week as we journey through Holy Week with you. And as we come back seven days from now and having acknowledged that you died and rose again. And we will sing our Easter praises to you. May we take that into our lives and may we spread that joy everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: As we prepare for today's reading, which can be found in the Pew Bible on page 743, Luke 19, verses 28 through 44, I personally would like to thank the ministers today for allowing this reading, which has no unpronounceable cities or names. Thank you. Verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. This is the word of the Lord.
4: Well, think for a moment of the people in that Palm Sunday crowd. I think Lazarus was there. Why, the processional began right there near Bethany, his hometown. Lazarus, dead for four days, now alive. No doubt sisters, Mary and Martha as well, as well as friends. I think there were lepers who had been touched and healed by Jesus. There were parents with their little children, children who so loved parades. And are so welcomed by Jesus. I think Bartimaeus was there. That blind beggar healed just a few days before after languishing for years at the city gate in Jerusalem. The text says after the healing, he followed him along the way. Joining the ever-growing procession to Jerusalem. I think Mary Magdalene was there. She was five days later, wasn't she? At the cross. And she would be the first to meet him on Easter morning. No doubt there were tax collectors, maybe Zacchaeus, who went to extraordinary lengths to see Jesus. Now it's said he goes to extraordinary lengths to repay those he once defrauded. All manner of people. Can you see yourself there? Have you been touched by Jesus? Have you heard his gracious words spoken into the depth of your heart? Now, what if we could see this parade in the 21st century? Well, surely the paparazzi would be out in full force. And there'd be a buzz, a rumor that that Jesus planned to upset the happenings in a famous house of worship. CNN, no doubt, would be doing a psychological makeup of this guy. Investigative reporters would be digging into a strange story of Jesus and a a woman at a well in Samaria. Religious leaders calling into question the story that he fed a multitude with a few loaves and a few fish and that he healed a blind man or raised the dead. But Jesus, strange fellow that he is, Neither the adulation of his fans nor the fickle spotlight of celebrity would deter him. Palm branches and cloaks became his red carpet, and there he is astride a donkey. I mean, what king does that? As he approached the summit of the Mount of Olives, the crowd increased its volume like the frenzy of a last-second touchdown at the Super Bowl. People snapping photos on their cell phones. Some rushing out to get a selfie of them and Jesus. But suddenly, the parade just comes to a screeching halt. They were just coming to the peak of the mount with a magnificent panoramic view of the holy city before them. The sacred walls of the city seemed to rise out of the ground in its magnificence. The glistening golden temple with its towers and courtyards occupied center stage. And thousands of pilgrims camped out on the hillside and in the Kidron Valley surrounding Jerusalem. It is Passover. But the processional backs up worse than I-96 on a snowy morning. Like the wave at a football game, one by one, the palms went down and the shouting stopped. Everyone began to ask those in front of them, what's the holdup? What's going on? Had the Romans stopped them because they didn't have a parade license? Did Herod's guards say that they had to disperse because they were honoring a rival king? Did the chief priest Christ's sacrilege Sacrilege stop it all? No, that's not why. It was Jesus Himself, the Grand Marshal, who stopped His own inauguration parade. He put a damper on this triumphant entry by crying. Boy, He knew how to spoil a parade. He's crying. As He looks out, on the sacred city. And he's heard to say, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. A literal translation might say, you made a choice to blind yourself. The word for weep doesn't mean a few soft little tears. It's heart-rending, sobbing in the midst of a wild parade. The Grand Marshal goes on. He says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. Boy, that is a Grim doomsday picture for a parade. They will dash you to the ground, he says. You and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on the other because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And the truth is that less than 40 years later, in the year 70 A.D., that horrifying prediction would come true. The Roman legions under Titus invaded Jerusalem and laid it low. Listen to one of the historians Describe how it happened. Titus appeared with 80,000 men and laid siege to the city. After several initial assaults and the Jews' refusal to surrender, Titus built a wall around the city determined to starve them out. The Romans captured almost all of those who were seeking to smuggle food in. Titus ordered that all who were captured outside the city to be crucified. About 500 were crucified every day. Every tree in the area was cut down to make wood for their crosses. The city and temple utterly destroyed. The only thing left standing were the Roman towers to symbolize the strength of Rome abiding. The only part of the temple left standing was an outer wall that stands to this day called the Wailing Wall. The Jewish historian Josephus says that 97,000 people were taken captive and that hundreds of thousands of people were killed. Holy Week begins with cheers and tears. And in the year 2022, we ask, what makes Jesus weep today when He looks down on our cities? And shouldn't we, with Jesus... Look at our world and weep. But the people of Jesus' day, they assumed they knew the script for the day. Jesus would be a king like they hoped for. His coming into Jerusalem to mark the new reign would come with power and might and no doubt violence. They knew how a king should act. So they followed that script. But God, our God, always flips the script. So today's question for us would be, will we allow God to do the work of salvation in our life? Or have we chosen to blind ourselves to what God would do? Will we allow God to do His work in our life even if it doesn't come the way we want or we expect? Will we allow Jesus To be a Messiah that gets into the mud and mess of our life, even when it's uncomfortable. Will we join Jesus in weeping over the mess of our world? And will we journey with Him to Jerusalem, even this week, and allow Him in His way? to bring redemption and healing and salvation. For Jesus, the descent from the peak of the Mount of Olives into the city was an ascent of humility and death. He will reign as servant king with a cross for his throne. On Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday then and Palm Sunday now, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Let us journey with Jesus in this holy way.
2: It's truly amazing to think of all that happened on this day of Palm Sunday. The parade, Jesus' tears. Then he enters the temple and he turns over the tables. He heals those who had sickness and demons. But then he also takes a moment and he points out the widow who gave the might. And he teaches then and he teaches us now that that's how we're to give. We're supposed to give out of all that we have. So as we enter this time of offering, may we always give from what all we have. Holy Jesus, today we offer our praise with palms, knowing that this week lies ahead, filled with sadness and death, but ends with hope. Knowing all of this, you took the time to teach how we are supposed to give. May we daily be aware of those around us that are in need of a smile, words of encouragement, or help in the way that we can give. And may we experience your love and peace through this. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
0: Thank you for filling out the prayer cards each week. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to read those requests and know what's on your heart this morning. Again, if you would like personal prayer after the, this morning's service, I'll be available up front. So why don't we join our hearts together for our congregational prayer this morning. Holy one. It's hard to imagine what those great crowds waving palm branches and crying hosanna what they experienced so many years ago. But we can guess that many of them were hoping for the overthrow of a hostile empire. They only saw immediate needs and immediate action. They had no idea that you would completely turn the world upside down with your sacrifice. They had no idea the scope and breadth of your tremendous love, today we ask ourselves, do we? Do we have minds and hearts open to this reality? Do we believe? Lord, help us in our disbelief. Save us from our sins and turn our wayward hearts to you. Help us not to gloss over Holy Week and skip right to Easter. We need to be reminded of your death before we can celebrate your resurrection. Death and destruction are all around us, Lord. Illness, pain, separation, war, and uncertainty. Being human is hard. You know this all too well. But Holy One, we now praise and we sing, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, there are many struggling with illness in our congregation. We lift up those to you this morning, those who are hospitalized, those who are in treatment, those who are recovering from treatment. Lord, we pray for your healing hand, your comfort and your mercy on those who are struggling this morning. And Lord, we pray for Emily Smith's sister, Anna, who's about to deliver her first child. We anticipate such great joy, Lord, and we praise you for that. We pray for a safe and healthy birth as we welcome this new little person into our world. In your unending mercy, Lord, we know that you hear our prayers. Thank you. In this time of reflection and anticipation of Holy Week, may we be drawn to you and feel your holy presence. And may the words of your prayer be always available to us when we are at a loss of how to pray. Let's join our voices together. Our Father, who art in heaven Thank you.
4: The week stretches ahead. Sorrow and love. Go with Jesus all the way to the end, for there is a great surprise in the end. We journey toward a cross, knowing that it is both the most human and the most divine of all journeys. Travel the road with courage. And with hope, knowing that we step with Jesus into the holiest of all weeks.